0: This is the Improved Photography Podcast, episode number 219. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Improved Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Harmer, and today, to give you your weekly dose of photography knowledge, I have Brent Bergherm and Connor Hibbs on the line. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. Well, we are going to talk today about the solar eclipse, traveling with photography equipment and photographing with just one light, plus the ads of the week, and no ads today. I thought it would be Ooh. nice just to take an ad vacation. Uh, so we <laughs> did. So um, let's, get, let's get to the t- total solar eclipse of 2017. So this is several months off, but I've been hearing people talk about this for months already. Brent, yeah. you know more about this. i I'm totally dumb when it comes to astronomy stuff. I really I can find the Milky Way, and that's it. But, yes. <laughs> so start from basic. Why is this such a big deal? Because it seems like an eclipse comes around every every couple of years.
1: Well, this is a big deal because it is going to cross the entire continental United States. and oftentimes when we have a total eclipse, it's either it's if it's going to cross a landmass, it might be in a fairly unpopulated area. Or might even be over the ocean. In fact, a couple years ago, there was one and Alaska Airlines diverted a flight from Anchorage to Honolulu so they could fly in the path along with it. And I was like, that's so cool. I would love to have been on that flight. Yeah, I saw one that...
0: uh I can't remember what airline did it, that they did a Northern Lights flight that they just spent five hours following the Northern Lights on this airplane. And then it just landed where it took off from. I posted it on Facebook. I can't remember what airline it was, but that would be amazing.
1: Yeah. So with this, the Total Solar Eclipse is happening uh, August 21, 2017. And if you're looking for uh, resources to look it up, I've put four websites uh, in the show notes, but a couple of that I'll highlight here that we'll talk about is greatamericaneclipse.com and then Mr. Eclipse. So the Great American Eclipse, they have boatloads of information about all sorts of things, the times, the totality, uh, you know, where exactly to be. And I've looked at uh, some locations. There was a spot in Nebraska that I wanted to be at on our road trip that we're doing this summer. And so I started looking already at camping sites, hotels, everything <laughs> absolutely booked and has certainly probably been so for a while. I was like, well, I'm obviously several months behind the curve on this. So uh, it goes from Oregon through Idaho, Wyoming, Nebraska, Missouri, a little bit of Illinois, Tennessee, Kentucky, and a whole lot of South Carolina. So
0: now, okay, uh, I'm confused. I said I was astronomy dumb. So you got to slow this down for me. What do you mean <laughs> it goes
1: through? Okay so it starts on the coast in Oregon and as the moon is traveling in its in its orbit is going to cross over the the sun and so within these regions that I just mentioned there's going to be a strip or a path of what they call totality and that is where the sun is completely blocked out and it will effectively be made nighttime uh, in these in these areas, when they're if you're in the path of totality, and so for so about it's like, two minutes, is it like actually going to be dark outside? for For about two minutes, it should be really dark, almost as pitch black as night. You, I don't think you can. The, some of the examples I've seen uh, aren't going to be exactly pitch black as night because as you get towards the horizon, you're going to still see some of the the light. shall we say bleeding in from the atmosphere, and so you'll still have a little bit. Probably I would say it's going to be like blue hour because the sun is gone during blue hour, blue hour but we still have a little bit of, of, of light in the sky. And so, yeah, it's really dark and whatnot, but we still have just a little bit of that, that tinge that's, that's out there. And so if you have a long lens, you could actually photograph the event itself and get right up mm-hmm. in there and photograph the event if you have the right equipment.
0: Okay, so you're the lens guy. You have Brent Rents lenses, right? So yes. what kind of lens do we want? Do we want, a, I, I mean, I, I guess longer?
1: You definitely want a long lens because the sun, while it's a huge star, it is certainly very far away at 93 million miles away. And this happens really quick though. The the, the totality will only happen for you. Like if you're standing still, you'll have two, maybe two and a half minutes of, of total darkness. And so if this happens, it's like, you gotta be ready. And so what you want is as long a lens as you can. And so if you're on a, if you're on a standard camera, let's say with a DSLR mirrorless, whatever, uh, and you have your lens out there, let's say you have an 800 millimeter lens, you're going to be casting an image circle of the sun that is 7.3 millimeters Large onto your digital sensor.
0: Okay, so, so does that make, so if let me see if I get that right. So we have an 800 millimeter lens. Yeah, 35 millimeter is is our full frame uh, equivalent. Th- <clears throat> so are yeah, you saying so seven millimeters of the th- 35 is what would fill the sun in the image? So
1: so the, the image sensor on a 35 millimeter full frame is 24 millimeters tall by 36 millimeters wide. So of that 24 millimeters tall, you're getting 7.3 millimeters of sun on ima- on the sensor. Oh, okay. So and it's still not huge. It's still not huge. And that's 800 millimeters. And that's Jeez. this information is coming from uh, mysteryclips.com. That's the one of the websites I was mentioning. And so they've got a fantastic sh- uh, sheet, I almost said, page fantastic webpage where they detail all this information and then they tell you about all the wonderful things, you know, which lens, how, what you should set your shutter speed at and all that good stuff. But also you got to be really careful and make sure you don't just point your lens at the sun because you will, I would presume I've never done this and I don't want to do this. You'll fry your camera because you have this, especially if for instance, I've got a 600 millimeter lens, it's got a 105 millimeter front opening and so it's going to take all of that solar energy and focus it down to my little sensor. That sucker's <laughs> going to fry in about two seconds. So you want to put the proper filter in front to block out roughly 99% of the light. And what kind of filter is that? Is it something that people would so. typically have? No, probably not. They're sold as they're called uh, solar filters. And so there's a couple of types. There's metal coated glass. Those are the kind of expensive ones. There's a black polymer plastic. That's the kind I purchased. And then there's also what they're calling a mylar sheet, uh, which will turn the sun to look a bluish uh, hue. Maybe it'll look white. The metal coated glass or the black polymer largely leaves the color uh, untouched, but let's face it, you kind of don't really (laughs) care about color accuracy at this point. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Colors are going to look crazy anyway. Yeah. You know, the sun is orange and I think as long as you get close, most photographers are going to be happy to fiddle with the colors in post production to get it to be what they want. Yeah, definitely. So, so I'm also running a little bit of a a special on this uh, for the lens rentals. And that is if you were to uh, rent a lens for a week and You were to include within that week the August 21 date, I'm going to automatically include for you one of these black polymer filters. Plus, I'm going to do a video uh, so you can see how it's set up. And if you want to buy your own filter and you got your own lens, knock yourself out. If you live with, especially if you live within the path, by all means, uh, I think you should do what you can. Cross your fingers really hard that you have a clear day. But you know, it's August, most of the nation. Uh, In August, hopefully in in that time won't be too bad with the um, with the weather. But, you know, sometimes you just never know. It could get cloudy. It could get hazy. Uh, Any type of uh, moisture in the atmosphere is going to ruin your day
2: now now brent you've kind of mentioned an 800 millimeter lens do you have a lot of those available or with just like a 70 to 200
0: oh yeah his bathroom's full his garage <laughs> is full
2: <laughs> they everywhere right, right. he can't I, keep I them out i was saying that a little they're, bit
1: tongue-in-cheek they're they're dripping out yeah <laughs> no, what i've got i've got three on, on the canon system i've got three of the 100 to 400s uh oh, one oh, of man. those is a version one uh but i also have the 2x multiplier so if you wanted to uh, double that up and make that 800. Uh, you could do so. Uh, sometimes too, you might think, "Oh, what about image quality and all this stuff?" The, the sun comes out as a plain disc, and you're not going to really have nuances of detail, and you know, worry about the edge, the edge factor of you know, it gets a little blurry on the edges or whatever, because the edges are going to be black. Yeah. And so, my advice is to say, don't really worry about it. Just go for that 800 millimeters. And, uh, then tape the, uh, the, the black polymer filter that I'm going to include on the front end of the lens, and you'll be able to track it and and do just fine with that. Uh, on the Nikon side, I've got one that goes out to 500. I don't have a two X on that. So it is a little bit, uh, smaller there. So on a 500 millimeter lens, the circle created, whether you're crop sensor or not, uh, doesn't matter on this, uh, the circle size of the sun is 4.6 millimeters. And then also I've got that Sigma uh, 150 to 600. And the only downside on that one is uh, it does, it is not compatible with my Canon 2X uh, item. So if you're looking at that and saying, Oh, I can get 1200. uh, I do not have the Canon. It does not um, work with a Canon 2X. So we're, we're out of luck on there. We're stuck on the 600.
2: Dang. So uh, assuming that these lenses are going to be rented very quickly, both from you and from any other lens rental out there, sure, yeah. um, wh- what would you recommend people do? Say, if you only have a 70 to 200, are you just, are you posed here or could you actually still maybe get something?
1: I would personally be still satisfied if I had a 400 millimeter lens on there because it's still going to be a little bit on the smallish side. But with all the resolution we have in today's cameras, as long as you have over 20 megapixels in your camera, my opinion is you're going to have way enough resolution to crop in easily for for um, for screen viewing. Uh, but you could, again, it, with the printing, being that it's just a colored disc and you might get, you might get some, uh, some sunspots showing up though as well. So that could be pretty cool. But when you have totality happening, that's where you then will be able to see the coronal disc. And that is where the, the mass ejections of all the, all the, Sun's energy is flailing outwards, so what you get to see mean? this.
0: That sounds dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, but thankfully, it's 93 million miles away, and we have this big rock between us when it's in totality. This the rock being <laughs> the moon. What does but, coronal ejections mean? So that that means all of the uh, all of the Sun's gas. Let's call it the fuel that's that's converting from hydrogen to to helium. Uh, it's a nuclear. The Sun is a nuclear. Uh, process uh where it's changing from hydrogen to helium and so all of that stuff with the energy that's happening and, and releasing with that is ejecting this what they call the coronal mass or the coronal uh, substance and so you'll see these energy waves basically flailing out uh from the sun when you're in totality and so while you may have only a 4.6 millimeter circle for the sun when you're uh, photographing just the sun, you're going to get a, a little bit larger of a circle because you have that coronal uh, disk that you're also photographing. And so that's where, you know, a 400, I would be OK with uh, personally uh, if if I were to be shooting the, the solar eclipse.
0: Well, I've, I'm looking at some photos of solar eclipses to kind of get an idea of what I might do when it when it comes, because I definitely want to shoot this it looks awesome. Yeah, the photos right the path, that are yeah yeah it, it looks like I'll uh, have front row seats. So yeah, uh, the photos that I see that are way tight zoomed in on this, they just yeah. look like a photo from NASA.gov. You know, it looks like right. if you want that, just go to the NASA website and you got it. The yeah. ones that I see that I'm most excited about are where there's something in the foreground to give it some perspective. Right. You know, you're looking up on a on a hill and there's somebody. Yep standing there uh on the end of the hill and then with the compression factor the sun's huge around something like that you know that's that's exciting to me that's the kind of photo i'd like to make
1: so the, the difficulty you have with that is the timing of the eclipse because it's happening about midday and you're not going to be able to have someone probably suspended <laughs> right above you. But if you have trees, if you have buildings, if you have other items to where you're pointing nearly straight up and you can incorporate those items in your frame, that could be really interesting. So like if you were to use, say, a 50 millimeter lens and you were to get... Uh, the sun extremely small. You're still going to see that that disc and that little bit of a coronal mass going on, but you can open up the exposure so you can sh- see the silhouette of some of these other other subjects. I would still say get yourself about a 15 or 16 stop uh, neutral density filter because you're still going to be cooking a lot of a lot of solar energy into your in, in, into your camera, and you you probably just don't want to mess with that. Plus, if you're looking through the viewfinder, my goodness, your eye is going to fry. So, uh, protect yourself with <laughs> with some of these uh, with some of these filters. Hmm. I really That's want to see some pictures it. of this from space. Well, that could be really cool. Somebody, somebody, get a weather
2: balloon or something and yeah. get it up there.
1: <laughs> that would be awesome. Huh. Or schedule the the International Space Station to to fly through it or something. That could yeah. be pretty sweet.
0: All right, everybody, set. Tell Siri to remind you August twenty one at eleven sixteen a.m. Mountain Time, as uh, when this is supposed to go down. So, so, so yeah, that happens for
1: you. It takes a total to cross a uh, to go across the entire U.S. It's going to take an hour and thirty three minutes and a few seconds. So from the time it breaks land uh, in Oregon to the time it leaves in South Carolina, it's going to take a, an hour and 33 minutes to cross the entire U.S. Mm, okay. Exciting stuff. Brent,
0: thanks for <laughs> yeah. sharing that. And oh yeah, and uh, yeah, get your, get your order in for your lens. Go to brentrentslenses.com and, and check that out. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's cool that you're doing that.
1: There's no code to enter. There's no nothing. It's just an automatic thing. If you include August 21 and you have it for a week or more, it'll, it'll be in the box
0: cool all right connor at the improved photography retreat everyone was very interested in checking out your lighting setups and that's something you wanted to talk about today
2: yeah um so it was it was something that kind of got brought up during the retreat and then i saw later in the facebook group um i had quite a few people talking about how well all this lighting that i do is really cool but um you know, I can't do something because I only have one light. Um, So I have been doing a series over the past week or so. Um, I did a long portrait session where most of all of the session was taken using only one light. Or if I used a second light, it was something that was pretty nominal that, that didn't matter, like lighting a background a little bit more. Um, but then this Friday, so the day that this comes out, if you happen to be hanging around, I'm going to be live streaming and recording a video of me doing a product photography shoot using only one bottle, or one light, to light a bottle. Um, that comes specifically from an idea that was proposed in the Facebook group. Somebody said, oh, I would love to do um, beautiful photos of the of a bottle because Brian Pecks posted this awesome bottle photo. And He said, but I only have one light, so I can't. And it really got me thinking about, okay, well, what ways could you go through and light a product using just one light? Because especially with product photography, you end up using quite a few lights and modifiers and moving things around. Um, So I've I've kind of thought through this, this is more of a personal challenge, but also I want to share with everybody else. Um, So I've kind of thought of two ways that you can do this. One of them is just using that light to light a bunch of bounce cards and reflectors. So you can get everything in camera, just off of these like white the foam core essentially is all i'm going to be using and then the second time i do this the second round i am going to be trying a method in which i am actually just compositing so it's a little bit cheating according to like photography purists but i'm just going to have my camera locked down on a tripod and moving around the bottle with the light and taking photos with the light in different positions and lighting the whole thing and then just putting it together in Photoshop. So I just kind of wanted to share, um, a photo challenge that I've thought of recently. And the fact that I'm going to be producing some short little video for everybody to see, um, and maybe get encouraged to get out there with their one and only speed light or strobe or whatever they have and try some different things out because you can do a lot more with it than you think you can.
0: Oh, very cool! So, so, I, I, so you're getting the bottle, setting it in one spot, and yeah. you're just you're you're moving the light around and just taking one frame for each spot where you move the light. And then you're masking everything together so it looks like you used a bunch of different lights.
2: Yeah, pretty much. But I'm also like, so I wanted to do this in two different ways. So um, for those that don't even have a lot of Photoshop skills, I want to try it with um, using bounce cards as well. So just lighting all the bounce cards with one light and trying to get it all in one shot. So the bounce cards are essentially acting as the lights that cause the reflections all over the bottle, um, even though I only have one true light lighting the thing.
0: Ah, okay. Well, that kind of makes things easier because then you don't have to, you don't have to. You know, sometimes you set up one light and then it messes up something on the other side of the bottle, and you got to yeah. fix that. So it's, it's kind oh, yeah. of a cool approach that you, you only have to worry about one area at a time. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I, I during the retreat, I did some light painting with this like multi-image composite, um, on the very, very beautiful car that Erica had rented for one of the shoots after everybody was gone one night, I went through and just moved my light around and lit the whole thing and composited it together. And it looked pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know if it looked the same way that it would, if you were to light it all with lights individually, but it looked really neat. So I'm I, I'm going to take that idea and see if I can do it with smaller objects like a bottle.
1: Mm-hmm. What kind of, just out of curiosity, what kind of bottle is it? Is it going to be a, a dark bottle, a translucent bottle? Is it filled with something? You know, I, I really haven't thought that through yet. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm
2: probably going to do something that is alcoholic because that's just, it, you see a lot of bottle shots with that. Sure. First. Sprite. Um, right. And, and glass can be a little bit more challenging than plastic. Plastic also um, reflects a lot, but it's, it's not as um, high efficiency. So it, it has a little bit of uh, diffusion in the material. Yeah. Itself. A little bit
1: more forgiving. Yeah. yeah
2: so I, I want to try doing it with something that's a glass bottle. And I probably, to add the extra challenge, I want something that's at least somewhat translucent because yeah, any more opaque liquid, it, it, can also be pretty forgiving when you don't get everything quite right. Mm. And I, I want the
1: challenge here to be as hard as it could possibly be for the situation. <laughs> yeah, because even just shooting the light on the background and letting it f- filter through if it's, uh, if, if it's a light-colored glass anyway and light-colored drink in there, you can have it just the light filtering through the bottle and that can, under the right control of, of everything else, it can look really co- cool too. Yeah, most, most
2: certainly. But then you have a a label to consider. You have to, oh, that's true. And, and I always forget about the label (laughs) to to do that. You know, you would have to have the background very close because um, with any kind of cylindrical object, you have not just reflection, but refraction. And that's going to pull in all of the areas on the side for a good ways, a lot steeper of an angle. Mm -hmm. would think when they first try it out um so you'd have to have a rather large background that you light or yep. have to have it very close to the subject in True. Which, you know overexpose it and things
0: okay yeah good points yes, good very points. cool
2: <laughs> well so this no, is a,
0: g- a great time to mention that sandy durow our best buddy has announced a ph- product photography 101 class on improved photography plus Uh, she just posted it just a few days ago Uh, it's a really great in-depth video she takes a couple examples of of product photography shows you how to shoot them on white uh, which which is a really great uh, great skill to learn uh, even if you're a portrait photographer or something but also man there's so many opportunities to uh, make some extra income doing product photography Uh, so that's it's a really cool course It's called Product Photography 101 if you have your improved photography membership then it, you'll notice it it's, it's free in there if you haven't yet great time to do your two week free trial and see if improved photography plus is you is for you also we are announcing a contest our first ever improved photography plus contest and it is product photography it's going to go from now until May 15 is when it's going to end and the challenge is really simple just take a product and photograph it um, and and you can use all the the tools you'll you'll learn from Connor. It looks like you're going to be doing some live streams with product photography and Sandy in this uh, in this course. So for the details, just log in to improvephotographyplus.com and right there on the home page. As soon as you log in, you'll see the details on the contest and how to enter, etc. Uh, and and what are you doing with product photography, Connor?
2: Um, i I am just playing around at the moment I had an interesting job shooting a certain medical up, uh, thing recently that is super well it's it's fun to explain to people but I, I shot catheters for a company local <laughs> um, not in use just the product itself because they had some like newly patented objects on it so that that was kind of a fun and difficult challenge to try and make something so um, not appealing look appealing in some fashion um and and, and it was it was fun it was kind of
0: cool i i can just see your post on the local modeling groups looking for a <laughs> catheter model but <laughs>
2: <laughs> thankfully i didn't have to model it i, I or have anyone else that would be um, a hard sell i believe yes but.
1: most most certainly
2: But uh, it was, it was a pretty cool company and I'm glad that I got to work with them. Um, And other than that, I'm just trying to think of different, uh, the reason that I love product photography is because everything is a bit of a puzzle and a challenge. I'm just trying to think of different ways to challenge myself to do things and figure out new ways to get looks that I want to try and um, build up my portfolio. Um, So, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing that and I want to know if I can enter this contest because, I, that I want to
0: shoot products for a contest. Yeah, you will be judging this fry this just, contest, okay. Connor. You, you <laughs>
1: just enter your catheter images. I mean, you know, see how well
2: they do. How how can God, you lose. Right. Oh man! And like, I had some reshoots where they're like, you know, we really want this to look a lot more refreshing. Could you maybe like spritz some water on it or something? Refreshing. It? <laughs> <It's like, laughs> I don't know why you want that, but <laughs>
0: you're the
1: client. Wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because the only thing more appealing than a catheter is a wet catheter, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've gone too far. Um, (laughs) But anyway, check that out on Improved Photography Plus. Uh, This is our product photography contest. And we're just going to leave it really broad on whatever kind of product you want to photograph. And uh, we'll have details there on how to enter. Oh, and I forgot to mention, there's a $50 prize for the winner. So pretty cool. Sweet.
2: All right. I was about to ask what the prize was. Yeah, you
0: got to have a prize. Otherwise, it's not fun. Um, Yeah. Well, we, in every episode, we share with you a doodad of the week. Brent, what do you have for us?
1: I have a battery case for my cell phone. I just started using this, I don't know, about a month ago, maybe. And effectively what it is, is simply a protective case that goes on my iPhone. And it also has a built-in battery. It costs about 12 bucks and it's pretty sweet because it holds a full 100% charge uh, in it. And so... It's probably not something that you're really going to find for the monster cell phones. I have an iPhone 5C, and so it's one of those slightly smaller cell phones than what's popular today. And so I just hit a button on the back, and it charges in my pocket because I'm always forgetting or otherwise just using it a lot. And I need that extra juice, and um, it's not something where my battery is going dead in the in the iPhone itself, because I've actually already taken it apart and replaced the battery in here. So it's got a fresh battery. It's just, I want more battery life. So I bought this case and so far it's pretty cool. Really like it.
2: Yeah, I I've had been convinced that my battery in my phone was just going out and dying really quickly. Um, but then during the improved photography retreat, I was so busy all the time and not on my phone. And I was like, oh, I have like 95% battery life. Right. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I guess it's not the battery. It's just the ridiculous amount that I tend to use my phone. Exactly. can um, so only use something like this.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I really, I really like it. And uh, that it has a little built-in kickstand so I can prop it up to watch my Netflix or whatever. And yeah, it works. It's nice. That's awesome. Is, is, any specific brand or just... Look for you know, there's of- a bunch out there. Mine is Kujian, K-U-J-I-A-N. I bought it on Amazon, but there's tons out there that you're going to find. It, whatever fits your, your model and works for you. I have those other, you know, those portable battery chargers that you, uh, take a cable and plug it into. Yeah, And those certainly work great. It's just, it's not so cool to have in your pocket. Yeah, And it does add a little bit of weight and a little bit of thickness. But one of the things that I started getting really upset with Apple about is from, I don't know, 2014 or so they keep advertising, Oh, it's thinner. And you know, it's so much (laughs) better because it's a half a millimeter thinner. I'm like, I don't really care you know, fatten that thing up and give me more battery life. I would love it. So this is fattening it up and giving more battery life.
0: (laughs) So how does it charge? Does it have to plug something into the lightning port?
1: Yeah. So it's constantly always plugged into the lightning port. And so it extends the, the depth or the length, however you want to call it, the height of the phone by roughly a half an inch. And then it's got a port that you plug into uh, on the bottom. So you still plug it in like normal. It's just, it always has something physically inserted into the phone's lightning port. Uh-huh. And then also I should mention, it's kind of difficult. The uh, the headphone pass-through is a little bit narrow. I need to take my drill to it and widen that hole a little bit because uh, some headphones, most headphones, I try and stuff it in there and it's just hard to get it in. So I have to take it out of the case put the cord through, attach it, put it back in the case. But I don't really use headphones all that often. So it's not, a, to me, it's not that huge of a deal, but if you use headphones, you know, take a drill bit to it and make the hole bigger.
2: <laughs> I was going to say that might be a deal breaker for me. <laughs>
1: Well, my
0: doodad this week comes from my buddy Sharky James, who I got to meet this week at uh, Idaho Camera. We, we met up there and talked for like an hour and a half in the Idaho in Idaho Camera. <laughs> I think everybody was just staring at us, wondering uh, why we're where we were just standing there talking forever. <laughs> nice, uh, but uh, we had a great conversation. He was a fun guy to talk to, and he showed me we as, as our conversation moved out into the parking lot, he showed me the Cupo MIDI seven foot light. Stand. I think he uses the eight, though. Uh, but I'd probably go with the seven. Uh, it's a really cool lightweight um, light stand for for flash photography. But the stands click together. Uh, they kind of snap hmm, together, yeah. and they're really lightweight. So, like when I, I don't use light stands. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I almost never use light stands uh, because. Any time I'm doing flash photography, I usually have other people with me. Um, when I do something in Boise, I'll usually post like on a Facebook group and say hey I'm doing a shoot and and get people together to shoot or, or at you know on our meetups and stuff so they're usually people to hold flashes but um, when I don't when I don't have that and I'm working by myself and I carry light stands, you gotta like you gotta carry a bunch of light stands it's an armful going into the studio set everything up it's kind of a pain and these are really lightweight they click together you can just hold one thing and so uh it, it was pretty neat uh it's the it cupo like midi
2: pretty, say what it, they co- look like they collapse down pretty small too
0: yeah i i'd call it medium small i the i have light stands that are bigger and smaller collapse than these but they are very lightweight i did notice a couple dings in them um you know they're lightweight because the metal's not as thick right uh but but they look you know they look sturdy i it it was sturdy they're air cushioned and you know click together and stuff it's pretty nice i I don't know They're So they're kind of expensive. They're $77 per light stand. Uh, But I mean, uh, I don't know if you're going to be moving around them a lot, a lot and your light stands are going to last you 15 years. Right. And so get some good ones. So Coupo midi seven foot light stand.
2: Now, see, then you're going to be carrying around sandbags to make up for the fact that you have these light stands that are (laughs) going to be blown over easily. Yeah. There you go. Maybe not. Like I think that they that seem to
0: pretty spread cool. pretty wide though. Yeah. They're pretty cool.
2: Yeah. That's definitely cool for anybody that's shooting on location somewhere. Mm-hmm. So my dude out of the week is the Arkan heavy duty camera clamp mount. And this is something that I got because I've been doing more live streaming. So I needed something that I could um, easily mount my camera to be able to like put it on my desk or clip it onto a stand and this thing is just it's it's a little like c clamp that you can kind of screw down into place um, with two like ball head attachments with uh i don't know how to describe it um pieces of metal that clamp between the two so so you have two points of movability and it's pretty sturdy i don't know if you can necessarily put a you know 70 to 200 lens on a DSLR on it, but it it does pretty well for just moving around with a small to medium-sized camera and could be really nice um, for anybody that is in a situation where they need to clamp something onto, I don't know, a railing or anywhere else around and you don't have a tripod available to you. Um, Very handy for me just being able to be pretty mobile with a camera and not have to go and buy another tripod to do that with.
0: Yeah, I actually have five of these in my (laughs) office right now (laughs) okay Uh, because when we have the multiple cameras around my office that we use for our youtube channel and they're these clamps that are just screwed to the wall to hold up a camcorder and they are very steady even though they're holding it you know at 90 degrees from the wall they they do not move
2: yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. A lot of the reviews that I read before getting it said like, uh, you know, it's cheaply made or you know it's it's not super strong. But me me looking at it, when you tighten it down, it does not budge even if you put some real weight on it. Um, as I said, I don't know that I would trust it with a super heavy camera rig, but for for any medium lightweight kind of stuff, it's great. It's fantastic.
0: I'm using them with camcorders, uh, kind of a mid-sized camcorder, not like the really tiny ones, and not like a huge yeah. professional one. They're the Canon Vixia G20s, and oh, okay. so I I have them, you know, tightened down. They're screwed onto the wall, but then the 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 joints there anyway are just tightened with the with the thumb screw there, and they, yeah, I I set them up, and over a year and a half, those cameras have not, you know. Creeped at all on the on the head? They've stayed there, so good solution. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for uh, chatting with me, and mm-hmm. it was a pleasure to learn a little bit about the the eclipse. We oh oh, I wanted to give a, a two. That's why I, I knew there was something else. Um, <laughs> I I had a bunch of people apply. Over a hundred people applied to be new columnists on the website. that I mentioned quite a while ago. And I have made some choices there. We are going to be getting to people pretty shortly with that. But if you haven't heard from me, that's probably why it's just been a little bit. But we are really pushing forward. I want to put a lot more attention back on improvephotography.com and the articles and the blog each day. I really want to get it to the point that it's reliable. You can go on there every day and there's cool stuff for you. And so I've been writing a a new article myself every day. Plus, we have excellent, I mean, awesome calmness on there right now, and we're going to be adding a lot more. So uh, just as you're in in the morning, you know, pulling out your cell phone, trying to wake up and not fall back asleep uh make improve part of that morning routine i'm working really hard to to make that uh make it so that's it's, it's cool that there's always something interesting and and motivating for you to see to get you into photography and taking pictures and check out the the contest on improved photography plus this month that's gonna be kind of cool to see what people make thanks everybody for Thank joining you. us and we'll see you in another seven days